What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. I've got a really fun conversation for you this week. In October 2019, I went to the She Podcast Live conference in Atlanta. Actually, I was speaking there about how to turn your podcast into a best-selling book. And what was so cool about going to this event was connecting with these women who I have known online for years and getting to actually see them in person, give them a hug and really continue our conversations in person. It's so neat. I mean, I've been doing this online business thing since, gosh, 2009. Um, And I guess a bit before that, because I had a podcast back in 2005 also. And it's been so cool to get to meet people all over the world. But there's something special about actually seeing people in person. Um, and I got to do that there. So if you're a longtime listener to the Wellpreneur podcast, you might remember a series of episodes that I did a couple of years ago with Kate Stillman from Yoga Healer and Rachel Cook from rachelcook.com. At the time, she was running a business called Yogipreneur. Now she hosts a podcast called Promote Yourself to CEO. We recorded a series of conversations between the three of us talking about different aspects of the wellness industry and growing wellness businesses and just what we were each seeing from our own perspectives. So since we all met up in person at this event in Atlanta in October, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to record kind of a, an update, a recap of what's been going on the past few years and what we've seen as changes in the wellness industry, in the online marketing industry, and with our own businesses. So that's what you get to enjoy today. And, you know, it's so funny um, how this stuff works. So we actually recorded this sitting in Rachel's hotel room and there was no table. So we sat, we all sat on the beds and we set up the ironing board and put my little portable recorder on the ironing board and spoke into it. (laughs) So we'll see how the sound quality is. My editor is miraculous with these things, so hopefully it will sound great. But you know, podcasters, we can just be industrious. Like when you want to record a podcast, you just get out and do it. If you've got your little recorder with you, you're ready to go. So I really hope that you're going to enjoy this conversation today with me, Kate Stillman and Rachel Cook. And I encourage you to follow Kate and Rachel to go check out their podcasts as well. I know the last time we did this, it was really cool because the Wellpreneur podcast got new listeners from their audience and they got some from mine. So I'm really happy to share the love. I like both of these women a lot and believe in the work that they do. And so definitely go check them out on social media and check out their podcasts. Um, Let's share the love. 
Also, I'm excited to tell you about a new quiz that I've just released. So when I have talked to wellpreneurs and asked about what you're struggling with, one of the things that comes back over and over is that you're really struggling with productivity and focus and being able to make lots of progress, to, to buckle down and do the work because life gets in the way. So through my work with clients and from talking to so many of you um, in the Facebook group and just in person and my clients and all of that, I've decided to put together a quiz. So it's your productivity blocks quiz. And what I found is that most wellpreneurs who aren't as productive as they want to be have one of four major blocks that are getting in a way of you being productive. So all you need to do is take the simple quiz, you'll find your productivity block. And then for each productivity block, I've made a 10 minute video that talks specifically just about that block with what the root cause is and some really practical strategies on how you can clear it. And in addition to the practical actions, you know that I'm all about doing well and being well. And so we're also talking about some remedies and essential oils and other supportive practices that can help you with that specific block. So I'd love it if you check it out and take the productivity quiz yourself. You can find that at wellpreneur.com slash quiz. Now let's get into this conversation between me, Kate Stillman, and Rachel Cook. I hope you enjoy. This is Kate Stillman with Yoga Healer, and I'm here with Amanda Cook of Wellpreneur and Rachel Cook of Promote Yourself to CEO. Promote Yourself to CEO. And we had a series of four conversations two and a half years ago because we are all orienting from this space of working with wellness pros on their career path, their path to financial abundance and personal wellness at the same time. And so what we're doing is reconvening. We're at She Podcasts, Go She Podcast Live, the event in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And we ran into each other and thought, hey, why don't we do an update and what's happened in our own wellness paths and professional paths in the last few years? Who wants to start? Well, I think um, I was really interested to do this because um, I've gone through a big transformation with Wellpreneur and kind of especially about bringing the business more into alignment with what felt right with me. And Rachel, I know you've been mm-hmm. doing that as well. And I know a lot of listeners, I think, will feel that, that sometimes you almost feel like you outgrow your business or you've, you know, you've yeah. got it to a certain point and now you're kind of interested in taking it in a different direction. So I'm curious, like, is that what, can you share a bit about your journey, Rachel? So what happened when we all talked last, I was under the brand, the Yogipreneur, but like you said, sometimes you outgrow your business. And what had happened is when we last chatted, I had been in business for like eight years under that brand. And over time, it went from being yoga business owners and yoga studio owners and yoga entrepreneurs to... I'm not a yoga teacher, but I'm a life coach. I'm not a yoga teacher, but I'm a parenting coach. I'm not a yoga teacher, but I'm a holistic healthcare practitioner. All of these people. And because my background is in small business consulting, I was like, well, yeah, my frameworks still work for you. Everything I teach still works for you. So I started to realize um, when I really dug into who was in my community, only 30% were yoga specific businesses. So I realized that even though they were attracted to me and my message, I needed to evolve. And so I retired the yogipreneur and stepped just into Rachel Cook MBA. And that was in 2015, 2016. And now I'm pivoting even like further into it. Um, And my business will now be called the CEO Collective, working with women entrepreneurs ready to make the steps from solopreneur to CEO. And 
a lot of the same women are in the community. Like I still have people who remember me from the Yogipreneur days, but it's been interesting and and fun for me. I just love working with different types of service-based businesses and that has made it more fresh and interesting for me. So yeah, I had to make that evolution and make a really hard decision to retire a brand that I loved. I think you made a good point though, which is that a lot of your core people stay with you. Yes. Like I know for me, um, I, it's still called Wellpreneur, but it, instead of being marketing for the wellness industry, meaning Wellpreneur, now Wellpreneur means as an entrepreneur, you can do well and be well. So it's like expanding yes. the definition beyond the wellness industry to look at wellness for entrepreneurs. And I, for some reason, was just irrationally terrified about doing this which all my friends and like my business, like mastermind buddies, they're just like, it totally makes sense. Just go for it. And in my mind, it's like, but it's changing at all. Everyone's going to leave. They're all going to be mad at me. That was what I thought. I was like, everybody's going to be so angry at me that I'm changing. Yeah. And actually the feedback has been incredible. And people are like, wow, it totally, you know, you're bringing together all your skills in these different areas of your life. And it's been like so supportive and has really grown. And like immediately the stuff I started selling had much more uptake than it ever did with Wellpreneur, which is like great. So I don't know why, I think it's good to know, like, first of all, your people will stay with you. And two, you're going to be terrified and you can still do it anyway. And like, it's okay. Yeah. And it feels so much better to be on the other side of that. Have you ever had any, you haven't really rebranded. Well, well, yeah, I know. It's, it just reminds me of with children, anyone who's raising children, like when your child needs size six instead of size four, you just go and you, you get the bigger size and often they change their look, right? They'll yeah. often be like, I'm not, I'm not into frilly dresses anymore. I'm into jeggings and, you know, cool cool shirt my daughter's suddenly a visco girl and i'm like you're me in high school okay yeah okay and we don't we don't judge them we don't we don't expect it to stay the same them to stay the same we expect them to grow and evolve and change and identity evolution happens not just for us as individuals but it it happens for our organisms or organizations so when we sit in that allowance of it we enable unbridled creativity we enable the shakti the creative life force to morph into what it wants to become next and how it wants to change us and change our organization the other component that comes to mind is in the wealth dynamics those of you taking your wealth dynamics personality profile and we'll put we can put the link to the show notes of that it's a good one to understand how you are naturally optimized to exchange value in the marketplace is uh the bottom tier below the visionary creator star mechanic energy is like on the bottom, you've got the, you've got the traders, you've got the, your deal makers and, and you have your accumulators. And this has been very valuable to me to understand that where the marketplace happens is it's on the traders. It's on the deal floor. Like what mm-hmm. a certain stock is worth today is different than what it was worth yesterday. It's different than what it will be worth tomorrow and that trading happens in the marketplace in real time. So if we're not allowing ourselves to notice that and notice our new ideas and our new desires of, and to notice who's coming to us, like you said, to actually look at, at the data, like who, who are these people and to not like the path of yoga really invites us to not be attached to who we were yesterday or who we might become tomorrow, but to engage right now with full awareness that the marketplace has its own intelligence. And where do we want to exchange our value right now? Isn't there some balance, though, between... Because I think, well, Rachel, yours sounds like it was really driven by, 
well, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like driven by the people in your audience that you realized that there were more people there and you wanted to expand your brand. Yeah. And mine feels like quite selfish. Mine was very selfish. Like I had two different online presences and two different websites. And I was like, I just need to bring everything together and make it me kind of not paying attention to what my audience was saying about that. Right. So I think there's a balance between, you have to look at both. Like what do you Well, I would say, can you trust that your highest value exchange has everything to do with your own personal integrity and following your, your deeper desire, that that's the way you can serve at a much greater level. I think following that intuition is so important too. Like all of what's come to me has been these hits where I'm just like, this is what I'm supposed to do next. So I started launching what has become called the CEO retreat, this one day event. And it was totally an experiment. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to call it the CEO retreat. And instantly it created polarization and people were like, I don't know if I'm a CEO. That's too big. I'm not like that. I'm not this. And it was such a strong hit for me that this is where I need to go because the women it called in were ready and they were ready to like show up in a bigger way. And they weren't intimidated by a name like that, by claiming that name for themselves. So I feel like it is a little bit of an intuitive thing too, where you just have to listen and be brave enough to jump in when you're like, this might not make any sense to anybody, but it could just work out. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it's that's following that desire, right? Yeah. So, intu- so in the yoga philosophy, you've got the intuitive body is the vinyana yep. maya kosha, and it's self-reflective of that bridge between what's happening at a pure level of spirit creativity and what's happening in the mental emotional body. So it's filtering between those two bodies. And that help- just what you were saying, like with bringing these two things together, yeah happening like having that trust that what's good for me is really going to be good for everyone changing value right so i think that's going to hopefully reassure a lot of people out there yeah. listening because you can get so stuck in your head and be like should i do this shouldn't i and like try to you know come up with we always like to try to come up with like proof that it's going to work out like let me run the numbers or let me do this and at some point you just have to you just have to do it, it. you just have You're to jump called for it called to it yeah. I think that's what it is. And I tend to be a slow action taker sometimes. I can be very like, well, let me plan this to the nth degree. But when I get those hits, I'm like, no, I've got to just move and go there. And it's going to be terrifying. And maybe it'll all burn down to the ground. And I don't know what I'm doing. But it's so far, it's been working. So I'm good with it now. You yeah. know what else I'd love to talk with you guys about? Um, that I think we touched on in one of our earlier episodes was um, like, what's working today? for people that are growing their, like, trying to get their business out there Mm. and get going. So, like, one of the things, and I What's the level, just to clarify, like, what, who are we talking to? When you say getting your business going, is it, like, people that are just starting their businesses, or it's people that... I guess I was thinking, like, mainly on the online marketing side, like, how do you build an audience? So, I guess more begin... I don't know, I, like, to speak to my audience, it would be, like, a lot of people just getting started. Okay. Or, like, in the first, say, three years of their business. Yeah. And what's your audience? Where are they at? So, my audience is actually been a little more established in general. Yeah. Like they've already gotten through some of the startup levels. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting what's is they're not gross, all online. What's their gross revenue? Roughly. I, just under a hundred K 50 okay. to hundred K okay. is where a lot more people Great. are coming into Great. my ecosystem. Yeah. And I think the reason I want to know this is because like a business that's, you know, that's doing seven figures is going to have really different answers. From totally. That's doing 500 K versus hundred K versus I'm trying to get something off the ground. Oh, yeah. But what about the people that you work with? I mean, they're, yeah. like, your business is right. very established, but not necessarily. So how to help the people that, yeah. Yeah, like your clients. Right. Yeah. And I guess the one thing that jumped out at me is that 
like when I started, I started blogging and that mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. And I think what like, year was it? Oh my God. Like 20, <laughs> 2009 when I started blogging, you know, and it was awesome. I remember <laughs> talking to you about, it was like some, what was it? The henna blog post. It was some oh, long tail yeah. keyword. What was oh, it? It was like, it no, was working thought, for you. There was like, oh, I don't one, want to tell my mom. Oh, a keyword. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It was like, how to use honey as a face mask. Yeah, you had a few. And there was like another thing I with get, gray hair. Like, how yeah, to yeah. do some rinse for. I get, oh, oh, my yeah, gosh. Sage tea hair rinse. Yes. I forget the exact keyword for that one, but I got tons of traffic. Yeah. You can, when you blog about it, when you have a big blog, you just get these random posts that. Like, take off they just take yeah. off and all your traffic like yeah. I get so much traffic for people that oh want to learn how to soften hard honey like their honey's crystallized yeah and they don't want to eat <laughs> it that way and they want to so vlogging we're in the beginning 2009 I wrote about that for some oh weird my reason gosh. but anyway the point my point being I still like my blog still generates a lot of traffic I do still blog sometimes but it's not the easiest way to get started anymore I don't think or to like really build. well what's the goal here what's the goal like what are we really talking about making more sales yeah, get clients. Build an audience. And then well, I think the stuff. first part, just getting in front of people, like is the hardest goal, step. Like, are we trying to help this person make yeah. sales? No. Don't be hitting not the gonna, ironing board. Not going to pound the Can ironing Can we just board. take a little pause and tell you, like, we're sitting in a our setup on the beds with the ironing board in between us with this little recorder on it. We're super fancy. Very high tech. Yeah. All right. So board. I think this is really a critical thing because if people don't know what they're actually trying to do. There's a million things that you can do and they'll all work for different reasons. But what are we trying to do? Are we trying to help this new person make more sales? Or Let's say get their first few clients. Like get, get their first few clients. Get running. Okay, yeah, well, great. Build, yeah, build an audience online so they've got people. So well, they sell to. I don't to. know. If, list and I got see that have... right there. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know do if you need, even I don't know if you, I don't think you need an I mean, and I've had an audience forever. I've had an audience since 2001. And I'm going to say... A lot of people uh-huh. don't need an audience in order to hit a certain it's level true. of revenue. I agree with that, actually. And I was going to say one thing that I teach all my clients is to stop worrying about online stuff so much mm-hmm. and just go meet real humans. Go uh, make sales. Go make sales. Go I'm make like, sales. Why? I don't understand people who are like, well, before I make sales, I need to. Right. Here's the list. I need a website. I need I yeah. need a yeah. I need a list of emails. I need, need this. I need this. I need this. And, you need to go and it's like, you need something to offer and you need yeah. to get in front of humans. Yeah. And okay. What's the fastest way to do that? Like get for me, <laughs> no, I, seriously, yeah, I'm like, get human, in front of people, a human that can buy something. Yeah. Like go talk to people, go show up at events, go. I mean, that's how I started. Every business I've started has yeah. been getting in front of people. Can I host a workshop for you? Can I host a seminar? Can I bring in lunch for everybody? And just start talking to people and attending events in that face-to-face time, I feel like, accelerates that whole buying process and it shrinks that sales cycle down from an online marketing world. I mean, oh, it, it could still a take time. a long time yeah. to make sales, but if you just stop worrying about how many followers you have or how big your email list is before you invite people, you can run into somebody and they buy from you like that day, yeah. even high multiple thousand dollars I mean, of offers, it, like how you know, many service. sales do you need to make in order to hit your income target, right? So just starting with the most basic math and then directing all effort, was, that. All, effort all energy, all attention to how am I going to make those sales this week? How am I going to make those sales today? Who do I need to talk to today? Yeah. But people out there listening are like, oh, but I don't want to do that. Well, of course not, which is why they're not hitting <laughs> the revenue targets. Scary. That's the scary bit. It's so much easier to hide behind your computer and be like, I just need to finish my website. I just need to blog. Post on Instagram, Instagram, start a podcast, the stuff we've all done. Yeah. But those become, and this is where I think what you were bringing up, Kate, like 
building an audience can become a great procrastination strategy to avoid doing the actual work of asking for a sale or getting in front of the right person to make a sale. And that's what I tend to see a lot. So I'm like, if you need to make sales, like get people on a phone call, get them, get to, to where you're reducing the distance between you and them. And there's not a screen between the two of you. I'm like, mm-hmm. even if that's a phone call, I yeah. mean, a zoom call, whatever, I will always make sales one-on-one. Yeah. And there'll yeah. be higher volume, like higher cost per or higher, you know, revenue per client yeah. than anything I could sell just right. mm-hmm. off a sales page on a launch. Yeah. So that's the, where I always start with people is like, let's just do that first. And then we can talk about building an audience for like long term. Mm-hmm. But I always do that backwards than most people. think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, it's very much that way. It's, yeah. it's, if, if you don't, if you're not making a sale, if there's five roadblocks, cause there's a lot of issues that come up and that mm-hmm. process. Right. And if you're not actually trading in the marketplace, I always go to like, it's been a lot of time. I know you've done a lot of traveling too. If you think of like an Asian marketplace, mm. right? You put down your blanket and you put down your goods and people show up and they want, they want what you have and you want their money in exchange for what you have. And so you make a deal, mm-hmm. right? So these deal makers and traders are happening like in real time mm-hmm. on the floor. There's a lot of issues that come up in that process for a lot of the people listening to a lot of women in business. And if we can break down, if we can do all those learnings, there's a lot of learnings that need to happen right there. What that then highlights, at least this is how we use it at Yoga Healer, is we're getting someone ready to receive what they want, right? And that's called a a buy, right? Mm -hmm. So in that, there's a preparation process for a lot of people who they want what we have, but they can't say yes to it. They can't invest in it. They can't do it. And that becomes marketing. So then that becomes the podcast or that becomes the Instagram feed or that becomes the Facebook groups or that becomes what happens in the funnels Mm -hmm. that we develop. It's all informed by that. But if we are not doing that, if we're not actually putting our blanket out and trading our goods, we don't really know what the objections are. We don't know what's keeping people from saying yes. Therefore, all the content that we'll create won't actually very specifically help them get to their yes to exchange value. I think that's an amazing point. And I think this is where some people get stuck because they assume that if they hear that first no, that just like they shut down. And I'm like, but there's information to get out of that conversation. Like, what did you learn? What did they ask you? What were their questions? What were their objections? Did you ask more follow-up questions? Because that's where like anybody who says this is too expensive. I'm like, it's not about the money. Mm -hmm. Anybody who says, I don't think I have time for this. It's not about the time. Right. And you just have to dig and unravel that even more. And that's how, if you look at the best podcasts or the best marketers out there, they're all providing so much amazing value and people are ready to buy from them because they've answered the real question that's like underneath the that's too expensive. I don't have time. They've shifted the beliefs. They've, they've shifted, shifted the, the beliefs. Underlining beliefs. And, and, they, and it's because exactly what you're saying. Like they've deeply yeah. listened to the person who wants it, but can't say yes to themselves. So I love that question. If it weren't for the money, is it a yes? Because it attunes the person back into desire. And now we can see all of, all of the barriers in their belief system that yeah. are between this person actually getting what they want. It's, yeah. you know, that, that saying of it's, it's never about the money. Uh, if we're taking money objections or we're taking time objections, there's so much, there's so much to learn. There's so much educational content 
that mm-hmm. you can then provide if you really understand what's going on that becomes your marketing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, like I was saying before, some people are like, oh, but I don't just want to go out and ask for the sale. Like, I don't want to get on the phone. But actually, you can twist it around and look at the, like, shift it, shift your perspective on this advice. It's actually more simple. You don't have to do your website and all the social media and the podcast yeah. and write the book and do the 50,000 things. You just need to know what you're selling and go out and get it in front of people and be brave enough to, like, start getting that feedback. Well, absolutely. And I think to Kate's point, like, let's look at who we're talking about here. If you're just trying to lay that, you know, blanket out there and sell the first things you have and get going, keep it simple. I think if you're at the point where you're starting to realize like, oh, I want to help more people with this bowl or this thing, like I want to sell more of these, then you start amplifying and ramping up the marketing engine. But one thing that I always tell my clients is you have to be really clear about where you what kind of business you actually want. Like not everybody wants a big business. I know plenty of people who are happy with the lifestyle business. They just want their little blanket with their things and make enough to take care of themselves and their family. So they don't have to become full-time marketers or full-time, you know, talking about all these types of things. I think in all of our businesses, we spend most of our time on the marketing side and the sales side, like driving that whole engine that continues to grow the business. And that's a huge shift from, when we first started and all we were doing was working with clients. So most yoga health coaches only, only will coach 20 to 30 people a year at a price point where they can have a six figure business. Like that's the business model. Yeah. My belief is they don't need any marketing. I love that. To do that. So So you don't need to do that. It's referrals and word of mouth. Picking up the phone. Like Mm -hmm. who can you help today? Yeah. That sales is a service right? That sales is a service. And in this service, you're helping someone get clear on what they want, right? And then you're helping them find out how they can get what they want. It takes, like, that's where the majority of the time goes into that type of a a business model. And that's totally scalable. I mean, you can have 20 people at 10K and now you have a Mm -hmm. $200,000 business or, you know, there's no upward cap on, on that model if you can provide the results and a return on the investment. I love that. Okay, so I'd like to shift a little bit. And here's a kind of juicy topic that I've been asking all my recent interviews on the podcast. Like, let's talk about social media and just how you how you deal with it as a person. Like, do you use social media apart from business? Like, how do you not let it, like, take over your life? How do you keep it in a little box? Or do you? Or how, how do you do oh, it? Oh, Lordy. I don't use social, I don't use social media uh, apart for, from business. And my team runs a lot of that uh and so you don't have to go in and i mean so you just don't need to go on and interact really on social media no because they can handle it yeah and i'm not saying it's the best way it's just like there's so many ways there's so many things that work right that's why i want to talk about it absolutely like i just um i'm into deep conversation i'm into deep work into deep concentration and so i'll use it to meet the needs of the business and the community we have 10 facebook groups Wow. And you don't manage them all yourself? (laughs) I don't manage any of them. I'm not even responsible for posting on any of them. We have mentors in each forum that are... So each course has its own conversation that's unique to that curriculum. So there's a reason. There's a lot of strategy behind it to helping the the members have the most potent interactions on that platform. Uh, And over time, what I realized is I'm breeding a sense of helping people find the answers and helping our community build the deep network and meaningful relationships that extend well beyond the life of 
the course or the program that they're in with Yoga Healer or Yoga Health Coaching. And that in order to do that very effectively, I had to extract myself as the person who had the answers. I That's huge. give them the yeah. answers in live Q&As. We, we have a lot of live interactive group coaching, which I love as part of my path of genius. I'm, a, I'm definitely a world-class coach. And that's the best way for me to interact with my members. I love that. I am similar on the Facebook side. Um, Facebook kind of makes me insane right now. So I literally remove it from my phone um, and only go in our group. I don't even go in our group anymore. My team manages our paid groups. I no longer have a free group because it was sucking the life force out of me. I was like, no, I'm not Google. And that made me insane. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, um, like our page reaches down overall. So I have stopped. I was doing all these lives on it. And then I was like. Yeah, page reaches. Facebook pages. Yeah. Are really not work. At least so, free. Unless you boost them. Unless you pay. Right. Yeah. And for a while, I mean, we were spending, I don't know, 50K a year or more on ads. And I finally was like, but not all the results I'm getting are from the ads there. I really had to really hone in and look at where are yeah. people coming from. Yeah. And for me, if I were to point, like draw a line through where all my clients were coming from, it's podcast, it's speaking and it's connection. Like yeah. me actually connecting with people. Yeah. So I was like, those are the things I need to focus on Yeah. and everything else isn't there. So I don't really worry about Facebook and my team manages the group. I do Q and A's, but I don't even do them in the group anymore. We have separate zoom calls and the success team goes in and manages the group and makes sure no question gets left behind. But I'm not like in there all the time yeah. for the same reason, because then they were using me as Google. And they what I noticed is once I extracted myself, the conversations became better. Mm -hmm. And then I could cherry pick the questions I wanted to address yeah. and do it differently. So I really love that. I do like Instagram, though. Yeah, I think it's it. so fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I closed a lot of sales on Instagram this week, actually. I love Instagram. I think one thing I like is I like the stories right now because I feel like the feed, you know, the static posts have become very curated and I get it. I also have the very curated feed. But I love the stories because I like to talk and I feel like I can show people like a behind the scenes or I can teach them a little tip or I can do all sorts of things. So I use stories more than anything. And I try to do a story probably three or four times a week, like a little series of stuff. But what I also really like is getting in the DMs with people. So I use my Instagram and my podcast together a lot. I tell people, take a screenshot of the podcast and tell me your biggest aha and put it in your story. And then I'll reshare that. I've also kind of branded this thing that I call a CEO date, which is my weekly checklist for how I'm checking in with my business. And so now people are hashtag CEO date. They're, they're taking pictures of their planner and tagging me on it on Mondays. And I love that. So I'm like doing a lot of resharing and connecting with people. If I'm promoting the podcast and I ask a question, they'll come in and they'll leave a comment. If they share, I'll leave a comment. But there's the voice. You can leave a voice message too in the DMs. And so if they ask a question, I'm like, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Tell me more about your business and, and what you're working on. And I can turn that into a sales conversation yeah. without ever having them to get on my calendar. We just are, mess you know, voice messaging back and forth and they love it. They're always like, I can't believe you responded to this. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. So, so you're using it professionally. So you're not using it personally much. No, I don't. 
And are you time blocking? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. When do you do this? Like, do you just kind of pop into Instagram all the time or do you give it like a certain... It depends. Yeah, usually most days I don't really do it until the end of the day. Okay. Um, And I don't really show personal stuff as much. Like I did show my kids putting together the little cards I made for my presentation this weekend. They're like stuffing them in my little assembly line, watching funny pet videos. So I showed, you know, putting kids to work, but it's not like the family right. show or the, you know, Rach at home show. Yeah. What about you? I found, oh, yeah. yeah. Cause I found, so I do like Instagram, but one thing I've learned about myself is that I can't be relied on to have to do something on a schedule. Yeah. Basically. Like I am in my zone of genius. I love it when I'm doing like deep work and writing and podcasting and totally. creating and doing all that stuff. And that's where I want to spend my time. And I found that if I have to be responsible at all for the social media, like it's just a total distraction. So I've got a team member that manages like all the posts, schedules out everything. And then I'll review them before they go mm-hmm. like once a month or once a week, whatever she's got ready. But also on Instagram, she does that. And occasionally I'll possibly So who's do doing your DMs on Instagram? Is she anyone? Is. She is. Yeah. Great. And I'm a little bit mixed about that, to be honest, because it would be better. I feel like it would be better if it was me, but like, she just has to do it because I can't be what's her conversion, to do it. Right. That's probably the answer of like, mm. what's her conversion, right? Does it, and does that matter? Yeah. I, think, I mean, I haven't even looked at that. Yeah. So that's a question. Like, is she like, is this actually being, well, and what's, that? how is it fitting in with your whole like sales ecosystem? Is it for me, Instagram is engagement. Once people know about me, they're coming in through the podcast or something. And Instagram is where I can nurture that relationship, right? It's not the point of sale unless they're in the DM. Right. But it's the point of me being able to answer questions and connect with them and just like seeing them. That's basically it. Like mm-hmm. I can see them, you know what I mean? And they feel like, okay, she's actually there and cares. I think for, it sounds like for you, it's like, it's, uh, we're here and here's like, well, I don't know. I see it as, like, interaction with the community. Like, yeah. our Facebook group, which is, like, our open free group, that gets really good engagement. And so we've spent more time there, more time like, there. growing that. And so what I like there is that I pop in a couple times a week and answer questions and get, like, yeah. a pulse of what's going on with yeah. gotcha. my listeners. Um, and Instagram I haven't put a lot of focus on just until recently, like, the past, like, half year or so. Yeah. And so I'm not quite sure. Like, I do pop in there, but I don't know. I just don't – I don't want it to be me. Yeah. You know? So I'm very yeah. much trying to keep it like in a little bit, like yeah. just get it, get it yeah. off of my plate. I, I find it just a book recommendation for this, for anyone who's, mm. who's looking at this as an entrepreneur, the work of Cal Newport, he's really focused a lot of yeah. his life on, on it and his two books, deep work and digital minimalism mm-hmm. really go into in great depth, um, a number sure. of very, very successful people from a number of different fields and their relationship to deep work versus things like social. Mm. But I have to say, like, your comments about sales conversations in DMs, like, I wasn't thinking about that at all. Oh, yeah. That's, and we do get quite, I mean, obviously, duh. That's I know that that's a thing. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I wasn't even looking at it from that perspective because it was yeah. more just, like, interaction with the community. So I think that's a great, like, that's what I'm taking yeah. away from this is, like, oh, yeah. right. Like, let's really look at that because people do ask questions, you know, and, like. And I just want to commend yeah. the women who are listening to this. Like, women as a whole, I'm seeing, are getting much better at investing in themselves and much better at noticing, like, I, I want this now and following that that very deep impulse of this feels right. Yeah. I'm going to find the money uh, to make what I want to have happen. I'm going to dive in with both feet. I'm going to implement everything. Uh, and so I can learn fast and, and take massive action. And the DM and Instagram is a huge path to that, right? It is. Asking the question, then helping that person. Like right now, this question is coming up for a reason in your life. 
the solution, like the answer to that question is going to take 12 months, right? Because it's, yeah. and, and it's important that you follow through on that deeper answer. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I think the biggest thing that has shifted for social media since we all started to now engagement is way down, right? Like people aren't seeing as many posts. The platforms all want you to stay on the platform unless you're advertising. That's the only way they really will let you off the platform. So that's why I feel like for my Instagram strategy, I really feel like it's an extension of my podcast. I use it to test content. If I have little ideas, I'm like, hey, here's an idea I have. Like, and I just been using it as a testing ground to see like, how are people resonating with this message? And if they like it, then I'm like, ooh, let's dive into this for a show or let me flesh this out more and, and do something with this. But knowing that it's for me, knowing that that's where I want to engage and just having a clear boundary around it is really important because it can take over your whole life if you let it. And if you have the endless scroll, I don't scroll right? Like I'm not sitting there just scrolling through random people's stuff. I'm like, I'm getting in there, sharing what's coming up for me, engaging with people who've engaged with me. I'm not there to like watch funny pet videos unless my kids are on my Instagram for some reason. (laughs) This is really up for, I think a lot of women right now is we've been naturally attuned and acculturated, uh, not naturally, but we've been acculturated into a very masculine way of running our lives and our families and our businesses. And it's, it's very, the masculine energy is very trying to make something happen. And I just want to end with allowing ourselves to receive, like, like you said, Rachel, like our intuition and like Amanda, you said our, our trust Mm -hmm. and however we need to pivot Mm -hmm. into receiving our deeper desire and allowing ourselves to to act even you know doing the things we've never done before the hard things like the service of sales or the hard thing about limiting where we put our attention into yeah from that place of deep inner knowing anything else you guys from what no just that maybe there's a different way to live and work right and you don't have to just follow the old model and just go with it and trust yourself yeah so I'll see you guys back here in another, what, three years? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Again, this has been Rachel Cook with... Promote Yourself to CEO. And Amanda Cook. With Wellpreneur. And Kate Stolman with Yoga Healer. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can find all the links in the show notes at wellpreneur.com. And if you like the Wellpreneur podcast, I would love if you would go onto iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, and actually leave a review. Um, actually, in any of your podcast players, that would be great, but especially in iTunes, because as you leave ratings and reviews, it helps those apps to rank my podcast more highly so new people can discover it. I'd really appreciate that. And don't forget that we always discuss each week's episode as well as talk about growing your business without burning yourself out and all that other good stuff in our Facebook community. You can join that on Facebook. Just search Wellpreneur Community and then you'll have to answer a couple quick questions to join, but we'd love to have you in there. Okay, that's it for me this week. So have a fantastic week and I will see you back here very soon with our next episode. Bye.